aside wow. from all of yeah. that. Um, wow, we really go the fuck off, don't we? We really do. Let's get that energy back up. Oh we're yeah, we're, we're talking about. We got whoa. We took our testosterone <laughs> pills this morning. Yeah. We really brought it down by just bitching about the Simpsons. Mm. It was a really hard boomer move on our part, right? You know, it really sucks these days. Everything. <laughs> some news here uh joan jett says people need to chill out about hair metal's reputation oh about hair metal's yeah. reputation yeah yeah but like I she says jett, okay uh doesn't give a damn about reputations right <laughs> that's a good one so it says right here on this metal injection she touched on topics like sexism past criticisms and association between sexism and hair metal bands suggesting that critics need to chill out about its lyrical contents and reputation over the years. Joan Jett are set to head out on a monster bill, which includes Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and Poison. She basically just says sexism is very prevalent all over rock and roll. All I can do as the woman I am is go out there and do it my way. If I had to weed out every band they thought was problematic, I mean, there would be, wouldn't be very many left. I mean, we've, we've touched on this yep. on the Multiple show before, times. you know? Yeah. So wait, hold on a second. Oh though. shit. What happened? <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> if my eyes don't deceive me, I actually clicked it off. Okay. All right. Here. Well, cause the, the name Fagazi came up later in the article. I was like, is Weird. Fagazi going to reunite and tour with Molly Crew, Def Leppard? <laughs> that would be that, the uh, weirdest I, thing. Yeah, I would go, but probably yeah, I would go to that because I would actually want to see all Fugazi of rock. <laughs> yeah. Joan, yeah, exactly. Joan Jett would probably rock. Def Leppard, mm -hmm. I actually, I mean, it, they probably still put on a good show. I know that they keep in shape and everything, yeah. I guess. My I'm wife sorry. and I, our first date was Def Leppard. <clears throat> really? Yeah. And wow. then uh, many moons later, many years later, I uh, proposed. And so I did it at a Def Leppard concert. Wow. Mm -hmm. So is your wife cool. a Def Leppard fan? Not particularly. <laughs> oh, okay. And neither am I. I mean, but here's the thing. Yeah. They are amazing live. I bet. I mean, I'm, like the most amazing live band I've ever seen. I'm, I would as not far doubt as performance. it. They are every member of the band, every note, every second is camera ready and, and killing it. Every second. It's, it's, I can't, I don't even understand how they did it. I can't even play a whole song right. They do whole sets. Yeah. It, they and are they're an amazing live band. So, and I mean, I think that has to be highlighted. The drummer is missing an arm to boot. Yeah. Like yeah. that's just, it isn't. Well, he wouldn't wear a boot on his arm. Well, yeah. I said <laughs> two boot. That's true. That's true. He's a one boot drum. Yeah, these boots are made for drumming. Oh my and that's God. True. Anyway. <laughs> oh. So what Joan Jett said here, and yeah. this is where Fagazi comes in. Oh. Uh, 
we asked if the progress has been made through the years. And she said that that's a good question. The bands I listened to weren't necessarily at all misogynistic, but I'm talking about guys like Fugazi, you know, uh, that's, that's interesting. I, that's cool that Joan Jett acknowledged Fugazi, man. That's, hmm. yeah, that's, that's awesome. But it doesn't surprise me because there was a, uh, the Kathleen Hanna documentary, the punk singer. You ever seen that? Uh, and it's about her struggling with her illness and coming back from it because she got she got ill with Lyme disease for many years. Oh, wow. And so that's why she kind of stopped performing for a while after mm-hmm. Tigra. And Joan Jett was interviewed like multiple times in that video. So, wow. And I mean, Joan Jett basically comes from punk rock. But also the other thing to keep in mind here is that her bandmate in the Runaways, Lita Ford, went full on glam metal. Yeah. So sure. And I'm sure they're probably still friends. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I don't I've never yeah, heard they're probably anything. either friends or mortal enemies. One of the two, but I doubt I doubt <laughs> it's mortal guess. enemies, but I I mean that would be my guess too. I doubt it's mortal enemies, but I don't know. So uh, uh the other piece, well, there's two pieces of movie news here Uh oh uh one of them is completely pointless and the other one is also completely pointless nice but we like to talk about those things the famous wayne's world car headbang scene almost featured guns and roses instead of queen oh i thought you were gonna say almost featured guns and roses instead of wayne and garth now that would have been awesome yeah like just just in that scene they have slash and duff just head banging in the car all, why is yeah. why is slash and duff playing wayne and garth during this scene because we wanted guns and roses what's wrong with that uh so anyway what was it supposed to be uh let me see i don't know what song it doesn't oddly enough it doesn't list what song by guns and roses wow i'm gonna but, guess uh November rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're head banging. Something when high, I look high, into your eyes. Something real high energy. Maybe Civil War. <laughs> yeah, Civil War. Uh, don't cry. Oh yeah, uh, that would patience. Oh, <laughs> patience. Would Actually, be that one, one would have. If they all would have done the whistling solo together. Yeah. Oh, that's a good fucking point. Yeah. They would have. Oh man, I, I could have handled that. <clears throat> It probably would have been Welcome to the Jungle because, I mean, Mr. Brownstone wasn't a hit. Yeah. Or Paradise and, City. Yeah, I could also see them. Paradise City Paradise would have City. actually sucked, I think. It would have, yeah. I would have not wanted to see that. Ugh. That's kind of the one song on Appetite for Destruction that I really don't care if yeah. I hear. The only thing that makes it better is if you mm-hmm. sing Take Me Down to the Paradise City where the grass is cheap and the coke is shitty. <laughs> I've, That's what we've done I since think middle I've heard school. That one anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah. And then, okay. Uh, the last piece of cinema news we got is there's a sequel that is going to be, uh, coming out to this is spinal tap. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I don't have anything to say about it. I, hmm. I thought this is spinal tap was a funny movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is. Does it say that? So it's a sequel, like a direct sequel, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. As, uh, so I, right are the same people in it? None of them are dead. <laughs> I believe so, yeah. All right. Be the well, same people, but I mean, I'll older. see it. Yep. Oh, by the way, uh, welcome to Accelerative Thrust. I'm Dan. Oh, 
Yeah, and I'm Eric. Uh, we covered a lot before we did that introduction. And it's all getting cut. <laughs> it's all getting cut. I totally forgot to do the introduction, Eric. Uh, that's all right. If they're listening, they know. They know, they know. Uh, it's just randomly going to come up and they're like, God, I wish they would just tell us what I'm listening to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, today we got some news and then we're going to review records. You want to go through the news first, Eric? Oh, we're starting over? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but for real. But Joan Jett doesn't um, give a damn about reputations. <laughs> oh, man. I just have to deliver my jokes as if I just am making them up on the fly. And in that voice. Yeah. yeah. The auto voice. Yeah. Whoa, Joan Jett. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't care about bad reputations. She doesn't even give a damn. Anyway. So, so we already did the news. If you're just we tuning in now. Yeah. Like well, it's a live stream or something. If you're shit. if you're tuning in now, then good on you because you got to hear the introduction before anything yeah. else. Uh, so you know our three uh records yeah. that we're doing today are really short. I know. Week. I think it's a direct result of the bloated <laughs> horseshit we reviewed last I think, week. I think so too. And you know what? <clears throat> I'm here for it, man. I really actually yeah have a lot to say about yeah. these three records. It's going to take uh, us longer to review these records than it will take you to listen to these. Records. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like, I think like every single one of them are mm-hmm. buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy one. Yeah. Buckle gonna up. Be- it's going to be a short ride. <laughs> it's going to be a short ride. man. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, so, uh, so wait, what did we decide you're first? So I'm first. Okay. And yeah. Let's finally talk about records. <laughs> let's talk about some GD records. GD. What? Gangster Disciple records? Yep. Okay. IGD. Imperial Gangster Disciple. <laughs> <laughs> Phew. Let's get to some records. Um, I am the king of getting off track today. Uh, Me too. We so the. the- Co-kings. <laughs> Coking. That's why I'm so wound up. I do a lot of cokings in the morning. <laughs> cokings. Okay, so it's hold like, on. I got to do a coking real quick. So, so my pick for this week is <laughs> the Bloods and the Crips album. Yep. Anyway, um, oh, that one is good. That is a yeah. good record. Well, um, and what I like about it is it was a unifier, actually. Right. So, yeah. People thought that it was really scary that the Bloods and Crips were releasing an album, but it actually was like meant to be something totally not scary. Yeah. Well, right. It's maybe we should review that sometime. That would be cool. I, I would actually be totally down with that. Maybe we should do a gangster rap episode. But make it real bad. Like maybe we could do uh, Bloods and Crips and Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Have you ever heard that gangster rap album? Um, I've heard pretty good. A little bit of it. Um, I also heard Dion Sanders' rap album. Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah, I heard that. And Shaq did a rap album. We could do like. Oh, we could call the episode "Rap with a C." <laughs> rap with a C. <laughs> <laughs> We have to review some fucking albums, Dan. Yeah. This is crazy. (laughs) This is going to be the episode where we don't review albums. Sorry, Jesus. Okay. Anyway, let's. No more gang culture. Nothing. 
nothing. This is straight getting down to business, folks. Take it seriously. <laughs> so uh, my first pick is from a band called Hologram. And the name of the record is No Longer Human. I found out about Hologram from going on Bandcamp and searching like psychedelic hardcore. And hmm. this kind of came up, which is kind of weird because I don't really consider this psychedelic hardcore. Yeah. Um, but I can see how there's elements of that in this for sure. But what I will say this is, is extremely punishing and really honestly some of the most intense hardcore i've heard in a while it's very fast and there's just some great noise thrown in really gnarly guitar tones like i love the guitar tones on this it just cuts through you like a knife i love how there's crazy bursts of squeals and feedback all throughout but yeah most of the songs except for the last track are under two minutes long. So it, it really just flies by, but in some of the best ways, the drums, like as far as the mixing goes, I really liked how the drums were mixed for some reason. Cause it kind of sounded like almost boxy, like a drum machine at times. And I really liked that the drumming almost sounded uh, robotic at times, but was also like really, really, just fast like there were elements of like blast beats and things like that i would say like um maybe one of the best ways to describe this would be like crust crusty hardcore but also there's elements of like there's a an instrumental track which is just sort of this uh noise piece for like a minute and then like the last track gets kind of sludgy mm -hmm. um it's called i see a pale light and it reminds me a lot of like early Melvins, especially the way that uh, the drummer is just sort of hitting the bass drum, like do, 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 in the staccato, like sort of rhythm. Mm -hmm. Dale Crover used to do that all the time on those early like Melvins records. That probably is my favorite track on the record, although I think the whole thing is great. But there's also um, some really psychedelic stuff, like particularly on that song. Uh, particularly the vocal effects. There's like this oozy sort of like reverb effect that the singer is putting on his vocals on that one. But for the most part, it's just really heavy, intense. Um, the vocals are just really like, I mean, almost like a cross between hardcore that you would hear on something like Black Flag meets uh, maybe Converge or something. So almost somewhere between like youth crewish style scream versus like a almost cookie monster but not really like it's, it doesn't really get that low i don't know i can't really describe mm -hmm. it but i would say like the best parts of bands like converge um i would say there's definitely a black flag minor threat element going on here this also reminded me a lot of the band justice fetish that we reviewed oh, a sure. while back mm -hmm. dillinger um i would even say that there are parts where like the guitars and drums are so staccato that it almost, it doesn't sound like it, but the song structure almost reminds me of like Jay Reatard when he does stuff mm -hmm. like that. Sure. I, the bass at times really resembles Jesus lizard to me. Um, and then I would also say another huge uh, comparison I would make 
If you're a fan of Dark Thrones crust punk albums like uh, The Cult is Alive and FOAD, when they strayed completely away from black metal for a few albums, uh, that's kind of what I would say this stuff reminds me of. And also the band Bark that we reviewed. And there's also a little bit of like sort of, sort of no wave going on a little bit like but mm-hmm. not not really like more i would say modernized type stuff like brainiac which i guess brainiac was the 90s so you can't really say but you know i wouldn't say it sounds like richard hell or something like that like i would say more like brainiac or you know six finger satellite with all the without like the um electronics and stuff right. like that mm-hmm. um so yeah, uh, what did you think, Eric? Yeah, uh, it was cool. Uh, I liked it a lot, but it was extremely hard to place into any sort of like parameters in my, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it may be just that I don't know other things like it. I mean, there's a chance that there's tons of other things that sound like this. I just don't know them, you know? But yeah, for me, it just seemed, it seemed like it was real grindy. Um, almost uh proto black metal in a way and it had a little bit of a d beat swing to it um some crust elements and things like that but yeah really just fast and intense and pretty wild uh seemingly kind of strange but yeah i i felt like the vocals were really venom e venom ish venomness no Mm-mm. Venomous. A, yeah. Venomous. That's what it is. Sure. Uh, like a snake. But yeah, so kind of growled, you know, kind of screeched uh, at times, but not quite into any specific sort of vocal style, if that makes any sense. Yeah. A lot like Venom. Musically, I just thought it was, like I said, really strange. There was a lot of weird frequencies and there was electronics in this throughout. I don't think they were a major part of uh, the songs or whatever, but as far as interludes and breaks and solos mm-hmm. and things, they had a a lot of weird stuff happening with those frequencies. And I don't know if that was a synth or if it was guitar pedals or whatever. I would guess probably guitars through pedals. But um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. At 15 minutes, it's hard to like dive in super deep. You know what I mean? Like right. you have um, a feeling of what's happening. But I I thought it was a really cool release. And I liked how they weren't afraid to just go wherever they wanted to. Like, it's very sporadic. It's very like, here's a part and here's a part. And now this new part and this part. And it moves like that. And you just have to accept that that's how it moves. Um, They weren't afraid to get slow. They weren't afraid to get angular with it. They got noisy. Overall, really disorienting. And so in that sense, the psychedelic hardcore uh, tag makes perfect sense to me. Like, I think it it is disorienting. And uh, sure. I think that's really interesting for for something that sounds so uh, just intense. You know, it's hard to have that space, but also that tension, you know, yeah. if that makes any sense. So I really enjoyed it as far as... Um, on the cut, like on the edge of hardcore, uh, I definitely would listen to this and I would listen to more by the group in a, in a field that, yeah, I usually don't spend a lot of time in this stands out. Good stuff. Speaking of stuff that sounds otherworldly. Yeah. So (laughs) it's funny that 
I feel like if I were a listener of this show, I would think that we collaborated on what we were going to pick for the week sometimes mm -hmm. because they just sort of share core elements, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just think it's kind of funny when that happens because we do not collaborate or cooperate. What's that word? Anyway, um, we don't talk about it. Uh, one of us says, this is what I'm listening to. And then the other one says, this is what I'm listening to. And that's it. Yep. Um, but yeah, the two um, non-local uh, records that we picked, I do think they're similar. I think that they sure. should play a show together. I think they could be on the same label that kind of thing. I don't think they sound alike, but they just share a lot of core elements. So anyway, the record I picked is called Fashion Pimps and the Glamazons. The name of the record is Jazz for Johnny, the number four. I don't know if that makes a difference to tell people that, but I will. It clocks in at a whole 18 minutes. So really pushing the boundaries with this episode today. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I would put this squarely in that sort of spazzy psych punk thing that apparently I've just been sort of stuck on for the last few episodes, excluding the uh, Metallica Lou Reed record from the last right. episode. But yeah, so they are from Cleveland, uh, Ohio. You know, Ohio has a long history of uh, spazzy, uh, new wavy, punk rock and so i think that works not to say that this sounds like devo because that's such such an easy moniker to put on things it's like anything with a synthesizer that's angular people say sounds like devo but mm -hmm. i do think that that's that's an element of this i had a lot of fun with this it the vocals are really interesting the vocals for me are kind of what makes it for me and the reason is is because the vocals sound a lot like negative land which is a vocal style i never hear hardly ever um especially tracks like theme from a big 10-8 place uh which probably is more commonly known as the very stupid song the vocals are almost exactly like that level of negative land i would say that if you don't listen to negative land other things you might be familiar with would be Gazi or even, and I know this is going to sound like pandering, but even Dan's vocals, like Disgruntled Noise Box, mm. like I think it has that similar sound. It's not as concerned with melody as delivery, if that makes any sense, and an energy, um, kind of a held back sort of, I don't know how exactly to describe it. It's not, there's not a lot of screaming. There's a lot of performative speaking if that makes any sense mm -hmm. anyway so for me that was kind of the best thing and i found the 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 lyrics to be really fun and the phrases used in the songs are really fun like when you hear them you're like oh man that's cool and i think it would it would be super fun to drive around and sing along with your friends listening to this like I don't do that anymore because I'm 46 years old. But if if you still ride around in your car listening to music with your friends, I would say you'll really enjoy that part of it. I really enjoyed the guitars as well. There's hardly a chord played on this entire thing. Like I don't, I can't think of a, a power chord or a full chord. Everything is just winding single notes being played either tremolo style or just halftime. It doesn't matter. It's just single notes usually 
fairly clean, like not super distorted, which is also just strange. It reminds me a lot of Snake Finger, um, the -hmm. guitarist for The Residents. And so if you like that, uh, that's an element. The synthesizers actually, I think, are sort of, I don't want to say subtle, but they're not novel. They're not like how synths a lot of times are used in bands like this, where that is just sort of a novelty. This is definitely part of the music. The parts are thought out. They complement what the other instruments are doing and they work really well. It's really cool because they pick a lot of strange sounds and tones and patches, but it also adds like some long musical sort of arches throughout songs when everything else sort of stays staccato and wild and, and, sort of crazy sometimes the synths really take uh the long view over a part and um it adds a weird psych element to it that otherwise i don't think would be there the rhythm section super tight provides a nice sort of tense uh foundation for the rest of what's happening it just has this built-in tension in the rhythm section which is awesome anyway uh just an overall super fun weird exciting goofy record and i have to say the album cover is one of the most disturbing and best album covers i've seen in a really long time i'm not even going to describe it just you have 18 minutes to spare go listen to the (laughs) record okay and yeah i just can't say enough about it i i just thought it was a blast what'd you think dan yeah i loved this record this is absolutely 100 my cup of tea um it is and like you, I mean, you even said, and thank you very much for saying that, Eric. Uh, I appreciate it. But yeah, this type of sound is a huge influence on me. And I think anybody who's ever heard me play uh, would would figure that out. It's mm-hmm. I don't really make it a secret. Plus, I talk about it all the time, too. <laughs> um, when I first saw the album cover, you mentioned the album cover. Mm-hmm. I did not expect it to sound anything like this. <laughs> I was expecting maybe... I don't know, like ambient soundscapes or maybe something like, I don't know, maybe metal, but then the name fashion pimps and the Glamazons, almost like everything. It's almost like they purposely tried to make it like unassuming, uh, as unassuming as possible, which I think is awesome. Because normally a band that sounds like this would have like a name like Six Finger Satellite or something, you know, like where, okay, that sounds like a, like a, band of punk rockers that are actually mutants playing right. music or yeah. something you know what i mean mm-hmm. but like yeah. um this maybe i was expecting piano music played <laughs> by like a glam rock singer or something because i mean the glamazons of course but yeah this is a blast uh, i love the lyrics as well like the opening track free world <laughs> yeah. was so like just i don't give a shit yeah what he's like Like, it's a free fucking world yeah it's a free fucking (laughs) world it just totally sounds like and it sounds like music on one hand that like you said you would be cruising around listening to with your friends and like a hot rod or something (laughs) dressed up in like the neutrinos from the ninja turtles or something (laughs) but then on the other hand it totally sounds i don't know like calculated and Mm-hmm. scientific and robotic at the same time like it 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 totally is like psychedelic spazzy acid no wave punk or something you know yeah what i really like about it too is the vocals through the whole thing are doubled mm-hmm. and it just adds this almost like 
otherworldly effect to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That especially like, I feel like if the vocals weren't doubled in a project like this, it wouldn't have the same effect. You know yeah. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. me personally, like I feel that way. Also the bass playing, like you mentioned the rhythm section, hmm. the bass is such a unimportant element to a band like this. I believe it's kind of the bass and the drums are kind of what what's carrying the rhythm. While, like you said, the guitars are completely unconcerned with any sort of like tradition. They're making noise, controlled noise, if that makes any sense, like controlled chaos kind of. And, and when I say noise, I guess I mean more like sounds, like interesting sounds with the right. guitar, which is totally like a Steve Albini type thing, mm-hmm. you know? For sure. I also heard a little bit of like surf rock kind of going on. So there you have the, like a man or Astro man type mm-hmm. situation where I could totally see these guys putting on just a really killer stage show, yeah. you know? And then also I heard some new wave stuff like mm-hmm. tube way army. And mm-hmm. I would say this was more tube way army than it was like say Devo, mm-hmm. but you're right. Devo is kind of like the default sort of right. comparison to anything like this. And I'm guilty of that too, because it's kind of oh, the first too. thing. <laughs> it's the first thing that you always hear and stuff like this. Also, I think it needs to be said that these guys had a have a song called Dream Police and they're not cheap trick. And it's not a cover. And it's not a cover. <laughs> and um, in one sense, I was kind of wanting to hear their take on Dream Police. Yeah, I'd be into that too. I, I'd be into that as well. But on the other hand, I thought it was awesome that it wasn't a cover. I mean, if you're into like Tubeway Army, Devo, but also stuff like Man or Astro Man, I would say Brainiac, Mm -hmm. Jesus Lizard, Six Finger Satellite, Oneida, Mile Marker, Men's Recovery Project. All of those could be reference points. But this is also, I've never really heard a band do a take on this kind of sound quite like these guys. Yeah, totally. It was really, really just a blast. Yeah, this was totally 100% my shit, Eric. Good one. I, I've been uh, looking to review this one for a while. I think it was like, it was too close to things I had reviewed recently or blah, blah whatever reason, but sure. Finally made it happen. And I, I think, and I, I think when I first heard it, I was like, Oh, Dan's going to love this. Oh so, yeah. It's yeah. dude. I, I, this is honestly a record that I would probably go out and buy a physical copy of if I saw it. Like if I, if, if I was just like skimming through a random record shop. If I happen to see this, I would actually strongly consider buying a physical copy of it. Yeah. If someone wanted a physical copy, it looks like on Bandcamp, they have this record on vinyl, 20 bucks for a regular one and 23 bucks for a glow in the dark. Holy shit. I'm going, I'm ordering it right now for three extra dollars. You might as well get a glow in the dark one. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> everyone else should buy a copy too absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. nice well i'm glad that you liked that one yeah i, I hope they come out with something else soon this came out in 2021 so uh that might be a possibility okay for our local review the band or group uh ensemble is called wombat I'm sure Wombat has been mentioned on the show because we have had two of the members as guests on the show, uh, Justin Comer and Will Yager, and they are joined by Carlos Solaris, um, and that is the three members that make up Wombat. 
Justin does saxophone and other objects. Carlos does guitar and electronics. And Will does uh, his double bass with objects. The record's called Tapas de Wombat, which is very funny. These are just uh, some little appetizers, I guess is the idea. And they are all named after actual appetizers. Um, Mm. This is really an enjoyable record. This is also under 20 minutes. I didn't do the math, but somewhere Mm. between 18 and 20 minutes. This is avant-garde music. So I'm just going to say that and get it out of the way. It is... I assume the pieces may have had some sort of outline, but I'm pretty sure that these were recorded in the moment by these three people, even though it says that it was recorded in Baltimore, Iowa City, and Philadelphia. So I would guess maybe this was done not together, sort of a long distance thing. But yeah, uh, these guys are all really amazing players. This is a really wild and strange release i feel like it's really intentional like you are supposed to be an active listener while you're listening to this it it commands your attention it's not background music when it's a lot of times i think when people hear improvisational or avant-garde or certain words like that they think some sort of ambient sound some kind of background thing and that's not this this is very intentional and the interactions between the instruments that's kind of like the star of the show for me is when the instruments sort of share the same space and it works because like there's certain elements of each of these instruments that take up the same space kind of like the trills on the saxophone the frequency modulations on the guitar and electronics and the sort of stuttered bass bowing sort of dragged bowing sound and it's hard to describe that but there are moments where you can't tell which instrument is doing what sound which is pretty amazing considering the diversity of the instruments they should not sound alike and sometimes they do it's very pensive engaging it's constantly shifting for me it really brought back a lot of Memories about listening to the Zodic Records releases put out by John Zorn in the early 2000s. I think it would fit in really well there, especially the John Zorn specific records and a couple of the other ones like the John Schott recording that came out. Uh, There is a jazzy element to that, to this, but that's not what's happening. This is an exploration in sort of the sounds of these instruments and how they can work together. I thought it was really fun. Like, I I know I overuse that word, but there's moments where you're actually kind of taken aback by how, I don't, all the words I want to use are like metal related, like brutal and crushing. And that's not what I mean. It's more just the lumbering kind of bigness of it all. Like they really go for it and it's heavy, but it's never heavy in a, in a metal way. It's heavy in a, they're really packing a lot of sounds in here right now. It's dense. Dense is a decent word for it. But yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I know we cover a lot of stuff on the show like this. And if you're not a fan of it, I'm sure that that can be frustrating. But if you are a fan of it, I think you're going to love this. I, I Like I said, if you're into, into John Zorn stuff, I think this is right up your alley. So what do you think, Dan? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this 
record too. It definitely was an enjoyable listen. And surprisingly, you're exactly on the money, Eric. It's actually a fun listen. And I mean, I don't say that to be, I don't mean that in a condescending way. It's just that a lot of times like avant-garde music, I almost feel like isn't even designed to be fun. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not sure if this was either, but it really was fun to listen to. So I, we've had discussions about, you know, my lack of knowledge of avant-garde music and noise music and stuff in general. And I definitely don't think this was noise mm-hmm. by any means. So the best way that I was able to kind of talk about this record was kind of write like this sort of, I guess you could say free form stream of consciousness, what I was thinking, okay. what I was feeling when I was sort of, and it kind of comes out, maybe some of this sounds a little, I don't know, stupid, but I, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, this yep. is what I, this is what I think. The double bass melts into soundscapes of pure joy and agony through an audio backdrop collage that I can only describe as lost radio transmission layers in the background of a free jazz station lost in space with acid saxophones and melting guitars and various objects that sound like doors opening and closing and scraping the pick against shrapnel. It puts me in mind of Coltrane's interstellar space, almost the entire Zodic catalog. So you Mm. mentioned Zodic um, and Ornette Coleman, but really doesn't sound like any of these at all at the same time. Some of it sounds like a horrifying dream. Some of it sounds like a pleasant nightmare, (laughs) but it is always a fascinating listen. Whether it is a dream or a nightmare, I'm here for it. This is about as metal as it gets without being metal. Hmm. <laughs> wow. We had really similar takes. That's we cool. really did. It's <laughs> and, and, and the fact that I got excited when you mentioned metal and because yeah. I was like, this almost put me in mind of listening to a metal record, oddly enough. Yeah. Well, I think it for me, like I said, I think the the intent of it is what made it feel that way for me. Like it wasn't just flighty and floating around and without being tethered. Like it felt very much like we know each other and we know the sounds we're going to make and we know how they're going to interact. And we, and it all just felt very almost technical. Sure. And, And I think for me, that's sort of where the metal comparison comes from is just that this isn't a, fun in the way that like we just said the glamazons were you know it's like right this is intentional and that's a i don't know it comes through so it really does and i have to say too that i was a really big fan of uh justin comer and the unblessed rest of us Mm -hmm. and all of the other stuff that we reviewed that is kind of connected to that Mm -hmm. um but i gotta say this might be my favorite project that sort Mm -hmm. of Will is involved with and Justin is involved with that I've heard so far. Mm-hmm. Really, really enjoyed it a yeah. lot. And I also did not know that the, um, I mean, I know what tapas is related to appetizers, but I didn't realize that each song was named after an appetizer. Yeah, pretty sweet. What is your favorite appetizer of all time, Eric? Uh, hmm. That's tough. You know, there's some that I think are going to be amazing, and then I'm not that impressed by them. Like sure. um, mac and cheese bites. 
Yeah, that stuff is, you know, they're good, but it's like, I, when I hear that, I'm like, wait, battered and fried mac and cheese. Oh my God. And then it's like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's okay. It's like none of that stuff ever really like delivers on what you think it's going to be. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm, I know I'm supposed to say something like fried pickles or something, but I'm going to be just a little fancy and say burrata is my favorite. Okay. I've never had burrata. What's that? It's uh, like a extremely soft cheese. Um, mm, and it usually comes great. with uh, tomatoes and basil and maybe some garlic and onion oil sure. around the cheese. And then you take um, bread and put some cheese and stuff on it. Really amazing. Yeah. Mm, that sounds good. <laughs> How about you? I think, and I'm going to go maybe a little fancy too. It's not as fancy as yours, but chicken saute. Hmm. Have you ever had that? I don't think so. It's this, um, they used to serve it at this Thai restaurant. The one Thai restaurant that was in Muscatine for a little bit Hmm. called Tantra. Mm -hmm. Um, Chicken saute. They're these marinated sticks of chicken. Like it's basically like a shish kebab kind of, Hmm. but it has a saute peanut dipping sauce so it's amazing like that was always my favorite and the great thing about whenever uh me and my ex-wife would go and eat at tantra Mm -hmm. the greatest thing about it is is she didn't like the chicken saute so we each got our own appetizer so i got to enjoy a full order of them myself nice Mm -hmm. i mean i liked all the other appetizers but she she liked egg rolls which egg rolls are good too, but I think egg rolls are okay. You know, they're not my favorite, but I would have to say some honorable mentions would be the lettuce, chicken lettuce wraps mm-hmm. are really good. Uh, mozzarella sticks is a classic, I think. Can't go I wrong. Mean, with that. You can't go wrong with mozzarella sticks. Yeah. And yeah, I think my, those yeah. are basically it. My honorable mention would be Lasuni Gobi, mm-hmm. Indian. Uh, appetizer and it's cauliflower with like an unreasonable amount of garlic (laughs) Uh, and oil and spice and all kinds of stuff if you if you go to an indian restaurant and they have lasuni gobi i would i would try it that sounds delightful i also really like if we're talking indian restaurants i love a really good naan bread yeah yeah i like naan the the garlic stuffed naan bread i'm a naan fan which, which means I actually like it, which is weird. That's true. I never thought of it like that. Oh boy. <laughs> oh so I, um, uh, yeah. Should we talk about some shows? We got to get out of this yes. episode. We've been recording for like six hours. Yeah, it's been forever, and this is a this is our special six hour. Episode. Yeah, this is the episode where the all three albums only equaled less than an hour, and we talked mm. for four. The name of this episode is It Never Ends. <laughs> the endless, the, the episode that never ends. The endless nameless. It goes on and on, my friends. All right, yeah, what shows do we got coming up? Yeah, okay. Let's talk about shows. Okay, mm-hmm. so Thursday the 19th is where we're going to start. And this one is Maurice Lusa. They're from Egypt. And Croatians, 
I don't know much about Maurice Lusa or Luca. They it looks like it could be sort of psychedelic folk or uh, Arabic music, free mm -hmm. improv or some of the words I'm seeing in the description. Cool. Mm -hmm. And I don't know Cro Croatians, but um, well, I actually know Croatians. Okay, cool. Croatians is the solo project of my drummer friend, Jeff Carl. Oh, snap. Also cool. plays in Abnormal Man, my band yeah. right now. Yeah. And yeah, that's his solo project. Wow. Are you going to go to that? I'm going to try to. That's awesome. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is at Roz Talks on the 19th. On Friday the 20th, again, Maurice Luca or Lusa from Egypt. This time at the Trumpet Blossom, and this time it's with uh, Mystic Cross. Mystic Cross is uh, Claire Nunez from Dryad. Her, uh, mm, yes, uh, I guess Dungeon Synth Synthesizer um, compositions. So that also would be a really sick show. Um, Saturday the twenty-first at the Gas Lamp, we have. Colleen Green, uh, Karen Meat, and the Poly Mall Cops. Um, all those people I think we've mentioned before, and they play out a lot, and so I'm sure it's great. Uh, we also have on the 21st of Saturday at the Raccoon Motel, believe it or not, it's Weed Eater, um, which is pretty cool, and High Tone Son of a Bitch and Jeff Pincus, that'll be Ooh. at the Raccoon Motel. Do you know Jeff Pincus? Yeah, Jeff Pincus is the uh, bass player from currently, well, I don't know if he's currently, but he was in the Melvins, but also the Butthole Surfers. Wow. Okay. J.D. Pincus, I believe that that's who that is. All right. Well, I mean, he, his name is J.D. Pincus on the records, but I think it's Jeff Pincus is his real name. Well, there you go. Nice. Mm -hmm. Unless there's another Jeff Pincus around here that I don't know about. Who knows? Yeah, have to go and find out. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and then on Monday, May 23rd, um, it's going to be Dying Wish, Disdain, mm -hmm. Reality Check, and Bull Cult. Mm -hmm. Kind of hard to say. Uh, at the Skylark. So, mm. um, and it looks like the description says fresh off their tour with code orange and during their must much anticipated tour with limp biscuit. Oh, cool. So, I don't know what all that means, but that's dying wish. So that's all I have for shows right now. Again, I'll say if you have shows coming up, if you have a venue, if you know people that have shows coming up, go ahead and send me a message. I will absolutely put it in the calendar and mention it on the show. I don't care what it is. Um, so yeah, that's what I got for this week. Cool. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool stuff coming up for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm excited to hear that people are still out there doing stuff, you know, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah. So, um, Oh, well we did it, Eric. <laughs> we, we made it through. Wow. Marathon sesh. Well, it did take us forever to get actually start getting to talking about the records today. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> but sure. you know, we're going to have sessions like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I just want to remind everybody out there that if you want to contact us, you can do so via our Facebook or Instagram. Uh, leave a message, comment, let us know about any, any shows. But also, if you know of any artists that we should be covering or that we should be talking about or talking to, let us know. We haven't done an interview episode in a while. In so, a little while, yeah. We should, um, we should think know, about that. We'll probably start doing that eventually here in a little bit. Uh, yeah. You got anything else for him, Eric? Nope. Enjoy right. your week. And um, I guess now that we're coming out on Tuesdays, I get to say, see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. And the original <laughs> release date. Yep. <laughs> At yeah. least that's in my mind. That's what it was. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. When CDs used to come out on Tuesdays, I never understood why. But anyway, yeah. y'all have a great day. <laughs> Bye. Uh, okay. All right. So we're done. Yep, bye. we're done. <laughs> oh, I guess I could say bye too. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>